This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. What, 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 do, you, what do we start with here, Scotty? I think I got one. Are you ready? Kurt, I am ready. Baboons carrying knives and chainsaw <laughs> spotted in Safari Park. Uh, I knew you were going to do this one. I had this one, too. Uh, all right. I mean, baboons, that's totally going to be bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownler. And I'm Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Kurt, how you feeling? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. It's just a. I just sat on my deck all morning and drank coffee, so now I'm ready for anything. All right. Well, I am excited about our guest today. She's an oh, yeah. absolutely fantastic comedian and also runs her own weekly podcast game show called Let's Go Atsuko. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Atsuko Okatsuka. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I clap for myself? Thank yes. you so much for having me. Hi, Kurt. Hi, Scotty. Hi. How's your day so far? It was so great. I didn't know about that baboon. Now I'm picturing it. Oh, he it's oh. it's very very exciting. It uh, is. I am so thrilled. Should I just tell you all about it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. There were okay. weapons involved. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is from Yahoo News. Uh, this is by Ellen Manning. Oh, she's uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Baboons at a popular safari park have been spotted with knives, screwdrivers, and even a chainsaw, according to reports. The primates at Nosley, Nosley or Nosley, I don't know, uh-huh. it's, it's outside Liverpool Safari Park in Meyerside, are already known for their destructive abilities and have been pictured previously pulling things from visitors' cars. But now some staff are concerned that the baboons are being given weapons, quote, for a laugh by park goers, according to the Sunday Times. Oh, my God. One worker told the newspaper, we're not sure if they're being given weapons by some of the guests who want to see them attack cars or if they're fishing them out of pickup trucks and vans uh the worker said the animals sometimes go into people's toolboxes to grab what they can adding one of the baboons was seen lugging around a chainsaw (laughs) (laughs) i hope he doesn't know how to turn it on um yeah and then that that is it goes on and just tells us more there's no more new information about that have i mean have you guys Uh ever been to like one of these drive-through safari parks they're crazy I've never, I mean, because I don't know how I, yeah, I'm, you know, I have a whole mixed feelings about zoo stuff, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Oh, um, oh 100%. <laughs> open the yeah. gates. Let them out. 
Yeah, and so I get I get that safaris like they're roaming free and whatnot. But you know, um, to to what is it like a you're on a, like a golf cart type, right? Are you for the uh, most this, part this one and the one that I grew up nearby? Mm-hmm. It was you would just drive your fucking car through there. So it's like oh. you're driving your car, and then wild animals are just free. Like if you want to like avoid. <laughs> If you don't want to hit a warthog, like you have to avoid hitting a warthog because they are not behind any type of barrier whatsoever. I do not trust my car. That's right. I don't trust my driving. Yeah, none of it. My car is always on the verge of like, sometimes it, I I don't think it, my car is very old. I don't even think the speedometer is exactly what it says. (laughs) So I could be going faster than I really think I am. You know what I'm saying? So it's always just rolling the dice going for a drive. I'm probably always at a 60 and I'm going 30. And then, um, you know, a warthog. There goes the warthog that was just trying to cross the road. Scotty, did you Um, ever go to one of these as a kid? I never went to one of these. I I knew you were going to do this story. I saw that. Of course I am. I grew up next to one. Yeah, and I and also a bunch of Bananimals sent it in. Did you have any names? Because I oh I yes, wrote the down first actually the too. first Bananimal who sent it in uh, was Beach Clouds. But we've gotten like fifteen more people sent it in. So thank right. you, Beach Clouds. So exactly. I looked this up because I was like, baboons are pretty gnarly. Baboons yeah. are like uh, they're pretty strong and ferocious. But I wanted to see how fast they could run. So um, because if it has a knife, so it's kind of to Otsuko's point, like maybe your car breaks down and then they're cutting into your car. And I was thinking, could I outrun a baboon? So Usain Bolt, the greatest sprinter of all time, can run 27 and a half miles an hour. That's how fast he was clocked at the, when he, at the Olympics when he broke the record. A baboon can run 30 miles an hour. Whoa. So, oh. so slow it down a little bit because it has a knife in one of its paws. But I'm thinking, <laughs> I think it can track you down. And they have eight times the arm strength of a human, of a man. So he could eight probably... <laughs> so could, I was thinking I he know. might have a tough time holding a chainsaw but he oh, no. he can run with a chainsaw over his head 30 he miles an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the visual i was going for <laughs> oh my god wow that thanks for doing that math because now i really i really can see it who's giving them these tools just for fun look <laughs> what do you remember remember in london when um like there was a there was an attack, right? There mm-hmm. was a guy stabbing people, and yes. then Londoners came together and just like one took a narwhal. Uh, That's right, right? Like a, what is it called? The a narwhal horn, yeah, narwhal he's, horn, yeah. Yes. like because so those motherfuckers, you know, just in England, they're they're crazy. They're ready to <laughs> they're ready to fight. You know, next time I'm proposing, I'm proposing next time because I didn't mm-hmm. know. Baboons ran so fast, and the arm strength they have. Next time there's like a terrorist attack, right? And some yeah. guys stabbing people in the streets. Send these, send these baboons. Send, send in these the baboons. baboons. Arm them. Why doesn't MI6 have an elite band of baboons <laughs> armed mostly yeah. with chainsaws and other kind of like difficult to hoist weapons? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Just like really heavy meat cleavers. Right. Yes. And and again, I would like to say that, you know, um I'm usually against violence. I'm <laughs> and I'm not for violence, but if I had to put two and two together, two yeah. I, I'm about solutions. If we had to get the bad guy and these baboons That's already right. have screwdrivers and shit, 
You know, go for it. I, this honestly terrifies me because of my intimate knowledge of... So I grew up in New Jersey, and right down the road from me was a place called Great Adventure, Great Adventure Six Flags mm-hmm. Theme Park. And they had what was called the Great Adventure drive through Safari, which is, you know, you just drive your car through. Mm-hmm. And it was such a bad idea, not only for the animals, <laughs> but for the human beings as well. Sure. Uh, that I remember once I was I was ten years old I didn't know any better I was eating an apple we we're just driving through I rolled the window down, not thinking anything of it and just threw the apple out the window and out of nowhere a ostrich just ran in <laughs> and Cobar. swallowed the apple whole and then we watched an an apple travel down this ostrich's neck and <gasps> then just start like. Doing a pigeon dance thing that see like I don't know what happened. I'm assuming right. pigeons know how to eat apples, right? I'm assuming. I mean, not pigeons. I'm assuming Ostrich. that ostriches know how to eat apples, right? Uh, but, I don't know. What we, kind I mean, was I it? wouldn't assume that we, at yeah. all. I, I can't envision it whatsoever. I, but that's very disturbing for it's, a child to see. It was it, a very uh, observing. And then my mom just drove away. Like I have no idea. Good mom. If I killed an ostrich that day as a 10-year-old yes. boy, like they were scarring and the baboons were even worse. Like the baboons would just crawl on top of your car and dismantle your car. Yes. Uh, and so now right. the fact that they uh, to, to have a chainsaw is now absolutely terrifying. I love it. Uh, but I, love- I say shut them down. Free them. Free them. Free them. And, you know, because like, well, I don't know what kind of apple you were eating, Kurt. You know, mm-hmm. the... the, the <laughs> Apple's size is different, and sure. you know some have a lot of wax on it that mm-hmm. an ostrich might not be used to ingesting. You yeah. know, and so you know that's that's that was my going to be my first question. Mm-hmm. Um, my other thought is very interesting that Scotty uh, likes this when you said who the writer was of this Yahoo News piece. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you know her work. <laughs> Oh, uh, usually... I'm guessing it was Ellen Manning, I think he said. Oh, my God, it is Ellen Manning. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But I love kid, her. Kids' I'm memory that's is a, a steel trap. It's amazing. <laughs> Does Ellen cover a lot of animal news? No, it's a, it is a running joke with Scotty to say that he loves each writer. That we, <laughs> yeah, they're all doing the Lord's work. I love everybody out there sending us news. Yeah, I have no idea who that person is. I'm assuming it's a woman. Um, but great work, Ellen. Uh, that's top-notch Yahoo News. Keeping Yahoo News alive. That's what yeah. she's Thank doing. Thank you. Fine. Uh, and Atsuko, are you missing not doing stand-up right now? Or are you liking not doing stand-up? I, I miss it. I've been doing a lot of Zoom shows, actually, and I, 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 I've started to like them, and it's oh. not. Yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, nice. You have to come do Hot Tub. I did, hot, I did do Hot Tub. You were... I wasn't I, there. Oh, yeah. was it last week? No, another uh, time you weren't there. Oh my this guy, he's always flipping Kurt. out these days. <laughs> Hardest guy to find in the pandemic. <laughs> it was it was somebody's birthday, so it was a good. Oh, um, it was my wife's. It was my wife's birthday. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. so so yeah. No, and I, I I have come to like doing Zoom comedy shows, which is scary to say out mm-hmm. loud. Yeah. That means I have to snap out of it, you know, because that means if I get so used to doing shows like this, staring into a laptop, what what am I going to do when we finally open up and see the sunlight again? Oh, no. Mm. I mean, it is so weird to just stare into that little that little hole on top of on top of your computer and just just give your comedy to the void. 
what I'm saying is I've come to l- really like doing that. <laughs> and so I'm scared of forgetting how to do actual standing yeah. on a stage yeah. in front of humans is what I'm saying. I'm going to have a hard time transitioning back to that. I'm more than uh, I'm totally happy standing directly in front of stage for you and holding your lap up towards your face while you do stand up for the first time. I'll come. Scotty. That I is, will. That's a I'll- bold statement. I'll wear all black. I'll do ten shows for you. I'll wear all black so the audience doesn't even see me, and, and I'll you just put, put your laptop right. You put giant headphones on so that you block out the audience's <laughs> laughter as well, so it's silent yeah. for you. That's right. That's right. That's this is a bold promise. I appreciate it so much. No, I'm gonna have to transition like that. I have. I definitely have said I need a laptop in front of me for the first <laughs> live show. Um, thank you. Oh Count my me god. In. Yeah. Scotty, give me another one. I got a banana story for you, too. Here we go. This is from CNN, written by Scotty Andrew. Just Andrew, not plural. Great guy. And it was sent (laughs) in by Meg Manners, the greatest person in the history of the world. Thank you, Meg. Um, They met on a dating app. Then he robbed a bank on their first date and forced her to be a getaway driver. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, you know, start loading up your worst first date stories, but her worst first date began like this. It all started, the woman told police, when she picked up Castillo, uh, that's the that's the criminal's name, I guess, alleged, from his parents' home in Rhode Island nice. and drove... Th- yeah, that's a great start. Well, <laughs> actually, who knows? It's the pandemic. Everybody's moving home. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so then she drove him... 30 minutes north to Attleboro, Massachusetts. Uh, She said he drank wine in the passenger seat of her Nissan Maxima. Uh, Good start to a first date. The two had never met in person before that fateful day. Uh, So why would she think anything was wrong when he asked her to pull over as they approached a bank? He got out of the car and left her there alone for a few minutes. Then suddenly he came running back, sweating with sunglasses, a hat, and a gun, $1,000 cash in hand, and yelled, (laughs) Fucking go! (laughs) (laughs) She panicked and did what she was told. So Castillo walks into the Bristol County Savings Bank in North Attleboro, shows the gun, and demands $1,000, saying he needed it badly because he was, quote, really hurting. The teller handed him the money. He ran back outside to his date's Maxima and ordered to step on it. Uh, So wait, he only stole, he's specifically like, I need (laughs) $1,000? Like, that's all. (laughs) Yes. So she... What a genteel number to steal. He's a gentleman. Um, he's, you know, he probably opened the door for her when, well, she picked him up. Never mind. Uh, not a great first date. So this accidental accomplice obeyed. But once she spotted flashing sirens from the North Attleboro police, she immediately pulled over and walked away from her car. Here comes a nice little detail. Castillo stayed inside and ducked from police. <laughs> You know, you know that old bit, that old Mary Melodies bit. Um, he was subdued and handcuffed, and they found a forty-four caliber handgun, an antique handgun belonging to Castillo's stepfather, hat, sunglasses that matched the description. Uh, he was sentenced to five years incarceration. They found him guilty, but the date got off without charge. Um, and as Scotty says, the uh, the real Scotty, Scotty Andrew. Probably with a healthy skepticism towards online dating. So there you go. <laughs> that that last line, he really did it, Scotty. He really brought it home. He got <laughs> a, he gave us a button to smile away with. <laughs> I almost I almost forgot about the date. You know. Yeah. 
And then he was like, by the way, the reason why I started this thing was remember, <laughs> there was a date. Yeah. Um, you guys that ever been on bad like... first dates? Bad first dates from hell? What did you say? Have you ever been on a bad first date from hell? Oh, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. No. And, you know, my heart goes out to him, actually. My yeah. first thought was, I mean, that's, a, a thousand, you know, you shit. He's American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Island. They were all in. Yeah. They were in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So they even crossed federal or state lines, which I think it's it was a great first date. Memorable. You can say it was memorable. For sure. I just just wonder at what point, like, if he was, like, riding in the car just being like, like, he had no plan on robbing a bank, but he's just like, you know, I always hear women love it when you're spontaneous. That's right. And so he's like, what if I just throw a a wrench in this? Let's take a left turn here, and I'll rob this fucking bank and see what she thinks. Oh, yeah, it's possible. My thing is, every time I even watch like a show like The Big Flower Fight or something, it's a mm-hmm. British competition show, mm-hmm. I always find myself rooting for the Americans because I know there's a possibility they might not have health care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and it's yep. not... I always end up doing it because I'm just like, I think they might not have health care. They maybe didn't get their stimulus check. So I'm just like, you know, this kid's in Rhode Island. He can't help it. You know what I'm saying? A thousand dollars. I was like, he probably didn't get his stimulus check. That's that's what I thought. Yeah. And I, but because uh, that's a you know, and he was like, uh, keep the two hundred. You know. Yeah. Um, I wa- yeah. I wonder if there's like a reduced uh, five years. I mean, like if he had just asked for all the money, would mm-hmm. his like jail time been more than him just asking mm-hmm. right. for a thousand dollars? Or is in his mind he's like thousand dollars? It keeps him below the radar uh right. everybody's got a thousand bucks in their in their till or whatever yeah. yeah and he's got a if he hadn't pulled a gun it would have been way less because if it's not armed robbery it's way different but of course he had his stepfather's antique 44 you know you're always carrying around your stepfather's pistol <laughs> um, <laughs> on a first date i went on a myspace date when i was like 25 somebody i i think you used to be able to do sort of proximity on that like are you within 15 Me miles you're within 20 miles or something and uh, I started chatting uh, with this woman. She seemed totally cool. And she was like, well, let's meet for a date. But I had never been on any sort of online date before. So I planned it to be two blocks from where I knew a group of my friends were going to be. So if it was a terrible date, I could be like, nice to meet you and go over to this bar called The Still in Manhattan and get out of there. So I walk in and it was at this noodle shop. And as soon as I, I see her, and I sit, I'm like, hi. I'm like, I'm Scotty. And I sit down, and she goes, oh, my God. Before the day can even start, I have to tell you that last night I fucked the vice president of Sci-Fi Channel because he kind of looks like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> For, I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. That's the first thing she says to me besides hello. <laughs> so, so instantly, I'm like, I want to know more. But also, I'm like, okay, this is not going to be uh, my... This is not my special person. Yeah. So the date goes even more haywire and screwy, and we kind of step outside. I, I stayed for the whole dinner, of course. And we step outside, and then I'm like, it was so nice to meet you. I actually have to go and run and meet some friends. I had like a later meeting, but this was really fun. And she goes, oh, I'll come. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a it's like a, a weekly group thing and whatever. She's like, that sounds awesome. So I'm like, here we go. So I text my friends. I'm like, I'm coming. Like, basically, like, heads up. 
So we go in this bar, and she and most of my friends there were gay men. And she instantly starts calling all of them girl. Like, oh, girl. Oh, you look so pretty, girl. <laughs> like, being so patronizing. And, like, oh, mm. it was... And, they're being really nice because they know I'm on this date with this person. So she goes downstairs. The The bar at that bathroom is downstairs. And they all, and they go, what the hell is this? I'm like, I'm trying to get out of this date. I've been trying three times to get out of this date. <laughs> so they were like, where does she live? I'm like, I don't know. And my one friend, Fred, who listens to the podcast, Fred, you probably are remembering the story. We get in a taxi and we're going to pretend because Fred lived in uh, Bushwick. I lived in Brooklyn also. And I was like, let's just say we're leaving and then she'll leave and we'll just take the cab around the block and then come right back to the bar. That's how bad this got because she just wouldn't <laughs> take the hint. And I, you know, I was 25, so I should have just said, uh, I'm sorry, can you please leave? Well, yeah. it's not going to work out. But no, so, at 25, that seems like impossible to say. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just, and I'm also like a pretty nice person. And I was curious up until a point. And then when she started, yeah, anyways. So I'm like, I'm, Fred and I are going to split a cab. It was so nice to meet you. She was like, I'll go. And I was like, oh. Oh, no. And I was like, well, we're, I'm going to go home. So we'll drop you off. And Fred's looking at me like, Jesus Christ. So she gets in the cab. We're three abreast. So we're three across in the back seat. And <laughs> we're on 17th Street and I think 1st Avenue, maybe 3rd Avenue. And so we get in and I go, so where do you live? And she's like, oh, to the driver, rudely to the cabbie. She goes, uh, I live on 14th and 1st. She lived two blocks away. So we go two blocks, yeah. drop her out. Fred jumps out of the car to let her out. She turns and she goes, I had the most wonderful time and kisses me so hard. Like open mouth <laughs> kiss in the back of the cab. And I was like, okay. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. She gets out. Fred gets back in. And he goes, we're going back to the bar. So, <laughs> so the cab whips around, goes the fare was $3.80. That's how much the cab fare was. So we just do a loop around the block to get rid of her. We're all back there. Everybody's like celebrating that I'm back without her. And then like 20 minutes later, I get a text from her. And I'm so relieved. And I'm never going to go on another date with this person. And it says, hi, I had an amazing time. Let's not walk on eggshells. Do you want to be my boyfriend or not? No. What? I swear to God. <laughs> And I said, I think we're on like the, I think I said we're on a different wavelength and I'm not ready for that kind of commitment right now. And she goes, ugh, fine. And then blocks me on MySpace and I never heard from her again. <laughs> Dang, that was fast. Like someone told her the next day was going to be the last day on earth, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she Get was like, it, <laughs> it was so intense. Yeah. Fred is a banana. I'm sure he remembers the story. It was absolutely banana. It was crazy. It's a great opening line. I should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just fucked the president of the Sci-Fi Network because he looked like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I, the <laughs> vice president because he kinda looked like. Kinda looked. <laughs> it's a also, weird opener. Yeah, and also mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. wasn't Iron Man in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> this was like still when he was a little bit of like a junkie and like yeah, not yeah, yeah. Uh, like always he just saw his mug shots. This was Gawker era, not Tony Stark era. Oh, I love That's that. That's so funny. On that, let us take a little break. Bananas.
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you to everybody who is over on the Instagram page, The Bananas Podcast, um, oh, yeah. sending us stories. Uh, we really, really hyper-appreciate it. And, uh, and I realized that I uh, was talking with Otsko about Hot Tub, and I've never talked about Hot Tub on the show before. Uh, Hot Tub is a uh, comedy show that I've been hosting with Kristen Shaw for 15 years now. And since the pandemic started, we have been doing it every Monday night, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's at holdthephone.tv. If you come, you can watch a virtual comedy show where your laughter is you <laughs> chatting in a, uh, with, with your little li- with fingers, uh, putting on smiley faces and shit. Yes, sir. Um, but we do it every Monday. Th- we're taking August off, FYI, but we'll be back September 14th. Um, but yeah, I just realized I'd never plugged hot tub on here oh well, the there it was so yeah. hot so hot <laughs> every monday go to it see we're, we're supporting you that's what well that's what i was just doing yeah let's go i was watching a bunch of your clips online and i realized that you got a little viral infamy because you were doing stand-up during an earthquake and you kept going oh my god that, how was that was that crazy that was, that, you know, at the moment, it's like everything that I ever learned kicked in, you know, everything that I, I, I've been training for, right? Like whether, <laughs> whether it's, uh, whether it's, you know, my parents' divorce, my mom's mental illness, you know what I mean? <laughs> to yeah. literally like to, to even just doing stand up, right? Doing stand up yeah. all any, any night is always like anything can go. And so. And plus, we live in L.A., so they were always talking about the big one, the big earthquake, Mm -hmm. big earthquake. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh, I think everything just kicked in. All of my instincts that I've been training for as an Angelino comic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was impressive. I didn't know I would keep doing stand up, you know, during it. I, you know, I, it's an interesting what people do in moments of um, tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really funny clip. You guys should watch it. It's on YouTube, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was last Fourth of July weekend, right? It was because it was a double back to back big earthquakes. Yeah. Yes, two days in a row. And right. they were the- good ones, too. In the video, things just look like you can't really tell in the video that it's happening. But like what was in the club happening? Um, Lights were swaying and Mm -hmm. uh, people's like glasses at their tables at the comedy club and like their plates, their food. Um, Oh, yeah. Those chicken tenders are just swinging right off the table. Jumping from table to table. I would eat it really fast if it flew into my mouth. Yeah, just catch it in your mouth. (laughs) This is one item. This is one item. This is one personal item. (laughs) This counts. This counts. That's so cool. I love that you did that. Our friend, uh, another guy, Kurt and I used to work on a show called Money from Stranger, and our buddy Jeff Dye also was doing a set when that happened, and he did the same thing where it's like he froze, and then he just like calmed everybody down and then just kind of continued on doing stand-up. I'm like, you guys are nuts. Yeah, in a way that's like what we're trained to do is like deal with hecklers and then continue. The adrenaline's always there anyway, doing jokes, right? Mm -hmm. So... But I, I mean, at the club, I well, I don't feel bad because I've talked about it before. But at the club, at the time, I did look to the house managers to see what to do, and I saw all of them just look at me from the back of the room and just run out. <laughs> oh my god! 
Because <laughs> at, at one point, I go, house manager, house manager. There's 200 people in front of me. I've never been a leader in a situation like that before. 200 people looking to me to what, for, for what to do. You know, I have the yeah. microphone. I have the stage. I'm like, I don't know. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know earthquakes. I, again, like I, I went to art school. I, all I do is just jokes and think about jokes. I don't know the, the yeah. first thing. And Let's so, paper mache a tunnel out of here. Let's paper mache a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone, get under a chair and tell stories. You know. <laughs> Let's relive our trauma underneath the table. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. But anyway, yeah. I saw the house managers run out. So you uh, know. That's yeah. amazing. Um, are you guys ready for one more story? Let's do well, it. Maybe two more. Let's go. Oh, I think we could do three more. Uh, Guys. <laughs> the, pl- the plaque commemorating the Glasgow Sherbert explosion of 1906 has Glaswegians <laughs> doing a double take. Okay. Um, so this is from Glasgow Live, uh, written by... Kirsty McKenzie, Scotty's best friend. Oh, I read every letter she has ever typed. And also, just, just, I want everyone to, if anyone is listening to this that is familiar with Glasgow Live, it is the worst website ever <laughs> in my life. There, is, there are so many ads and pop-ups that I am literally having to view this article through no shit. Like, I'm on a, a big computer. I have a three-and-a-half-inch window that I can see, like, four lines, of, four lines at a time, and then there's another ad, and there's an ad on the bottom, and then there's two ads on the sides, and then they have this weird ad bar across the top. This is terrible. Like, fix your fucking website. I understand print journalism is really having a tough time right now, but this is not the way to do it because yeah. no one will go to your site. All right. Not that. <laughs> right. So somebody put up, uh, this, is, this is a sign that can be found uh, by the River Kelvin, uh, mm-hmm. and it is, I, I, there's a picture of, of it. It looks beautiful. It is like a real plaque. It looks like it's printed on brass or something like that. It's affixed in what looks like an actual real way. <laughs> Uh, and this is the article. We're not exactly sure. We're not exactly short of interesting monuments. If you recently taken a stroll past the River Kelvin, you may have come across a strange little sign. The font is so perfect, the plaque so shiny, that it really could be an official sign marking a heritage landmark. Yet it seems to tell a tale that no one has ever heard of. It reads, this plaque marks the site of the Glasgow Sherbert Municipal Works. <laughs> the sign goes on in great detail to share the little-known history of an explosion there in 1906 that could be seen all the way from Port Glasgow. The plaque alleges that the site was one of the, quote, leading producers of sherbet in the world until one fateful day, a young mm. apprentice named Bert dropped a glass of pineapple aid in powder room B. <laughs> the resulting sherbet <laughs> explosion blew young Bert from the first floor into the adjacent brewery, sending beer everywhere, the sign Woo! claims. The resulting mix, quote, of sherbet and fuzzy liquid caused a foam explosion, which could be seen from Port Glasgow, and was to rewrite the town planning rule book on the placement of <laughs> sherbet factories. But the bonkers doesn't stop there. Apparently, children from all across the city were, quote, drafted into eating their way through the sherbet <gasps> from the mountains. Children oh, no. as young as six and seven worked tirelessly through the <laughs> night. To, oh, what? To, to chomp. 
trapped families from their homes and free up the area's streets and pavements with no regard for their own dental health. And it ends, <laughs> amazingly, some sherbet residue can still be seen on local buildings and flagstones to this day. Mm. Uh, I just want to say, whoever put this plaque up, I love you. You're banana. Yes. You're you're bananimal of the week. Yes, I, huge bananimal of the week. Fake signs are the greatest prank, and especially when they last a really it. long time. Yes, Karen Kilgariff. I'm gonna have to text her during this. I'll try to find out the information. But I think in this small park in Silver Lake, there's this fountain. And in the fountain, uh, somebody put a plaque that I think was there for something like 11 years that said dedicated in honor. And then it was a woman's name. It was like Ruth. We'll say it's Ruth Johnston. Uh, she hated this park. And it stayed <laughs> forever. People just thought it was real. I'll text Karen. But I, I love that kind of shit. We, Kurt and I have done kind of stuff like that before. And our friend Nick Pruer puts stickers on fruit that say the wrong thing in grocery stores. <laughs> it's really funny. And, and also, Kurt did... used to sign greeting cards. Oh, yeah. Well, also, there is down in Silver Lake, there is, I put up underneath a regular stop sign, there's another stop sign. And so it just <laughs> says, stop, no, you stop. <laughs> uh, and it's like on there. It's been on there for, I think, seven years now. And no one's, been, no one's taken it down. So I'm pretty excited. I, this is my favorite. One of my favorite things is fake plaques around town. Oh, That's yeah. so great. I commend you all for like doing that. Like I always, I'm always like, oh, that's so cool. Why don't I have that kind of personality or motivation <laughs> uh, why don't i come up with that you know i can appreciate that really well but i'm never like i don't know if i'm too scared to like in the middle of the night run up and you kn- and post it <laughs> I no found- performance art when you were in art school you didn't you and your friends didn't go out and like kind of post public things that you thought might uh bring a little joy into people's lives no, I just did. Well, I was, uh, I did like, I just, when it, when it was right, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I did like a performance in Chinatown, but it was like a, it was like a dance performance. I wasn't daring, you know, I, cause mm-hmm. yeah. Cause at the time people were doing like, you know, like just rolling around on the ground naked kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Not, art yeah. School. Yes. Yeah, but I think it's because everyone in art school actually is, this is why, this is why the kind of pranks you're talking about wasn't happening, because they were so serious, they weren't into, they weren't funny, they weren't, what you're doing is silly and funny, they weren't into the sillies, so they would never do a fake placard, because they think that's like, ooh, amateur, you know, they'd rather like, you know, pee in a cup and then drink it. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so how did you, were you doing comedy when you were going to art school? And where did you go to art school at? I went to Cal Arts. Okay. And yeah, were you and doing comedy during that time or did you find it later? I was doing comedy. I started comedy before art school, but when I was in art school, because I double majored like a psychopath, um, I, I didn't have time to do comedy as much. So, but right. I actually got in with some of my like with stand up writing, and I oh, wow. sent a, a clip of me doing comedy. So I was like, oh, that's cool. They considered that um, creative writing, and. <laughs> But then once I was there, there was nowhere to implement it. Like anytime I wanted to do comedy, they were kind of, they were like, ah, oh, that's so like immature, just like jokes and joke writing. Mm-hmm. That where could, you know, do something crazier, like, you mm-hmm. know, um, bury a, a roasted, a roast chicken from Ralph's or something. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. I think I, in college, I also thought comedy was like stupid you know mm, it wasn't mm-hmm. until i got out of that academic kind of sphere that i saw that it was like so joyful and what it's i wanted to do yeah um, which was yeah. always too bad did what you wait you were doing stand-up when you were in like high school i started no like right after i went to a, so kell arts was grad school oh okay. um yeah yeah i started when i was like 20 stand-up yeah okay yeah and then, but you know, yeah, I love stop, no, stop, no, you stop. Come on, that's a that's a that's a thesis. That's that could be someone's thesis at Kellogg's. At my college, my we had a sketch TV show, and no, nobody really had a TV show. We had the crappiest TV studio, and I actually went back and just walked the campus like two years ago, and it hasn't been upgraded at all. I mean, it's incredibly bad. Um, one day if I have like a distant uncle that leaves me a billion dollars I'll upgrade UMass's TV studio but we (laughs) that my buddy John Green who was on the show he on the sketch show he had this idea that you know how like when somebody hands you a flyer and you take it and you look at it for one second then you instantly throw it away so we would have one of us handing out flyers to tell everybody that our shows were on Tuesday nights and then we had another friend holding a trash bag 10 feet behind you <laughs> so and we would just recycle them and so we just kept That's handing so out smart. the same like it was the best idea That's amazing. it was so genius and we would just take them back out and hand them back out and people would read them and then we'd be like you can throw it out right here and they would put it in we'd hand it back so we, we only had to print like 20 flyers we handed it out to like 15,000 students. Uh, but that's so Kurt smart. and I went to Kaskaskia, which is the smallest town in Illinois. And mm. at one point, I think it was the capital of Illinois from a little yes, bit. Yes, it was until the river moved around it. And this was during when we were, when jet, we were jet skiing from Chicago to New Orleans. Yeah. Right. And so we decided to go to the smallest town in Illinois, which it was 11 people or 14 eight. people. And they kept the, it kept going like back and forth because people would die. Right. So there were eight people. So we went to all eight residents' houses and knocked on the door. And then Kurt delivered no. them a, a bunt cake. Each person got a bunt cake. <laughs> now, in a lot of places, you go, I wouldn't open the door if there was a camera crew and a strange man wearing a tuxedo wetsuit. In Kaskaskia, <laughs> they opened the door. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's behind Kurt. Uh, they opened the door. We gave them bun cakes. They were very grateful. And then our big surprise reveal in the show was we had gotten them a billboard along their main highway there on the interstate that said, well, Kurt, tell them. It was I think kid. it said, <laughs> so, it was, it said so it was a photograph of kittens, like eight kittens jumping out of a birthday cake. And then it just said, Kaskaskia, we're doing fine. <laughs> so we take all eight people, and most of them are... blindfold them. They don't know yeah. what the fuck is going on. A lot of but them are But they're nine. saying yes. Wow. Yeah. They're median age 65, I would say, these eight people. And we tell them to turn around, and then they see the sign... And some of them were crying. Some of them hugged us. Some of them hugged each other. And it was like we acknowledged this town in the middle of nowhere. So big shout out to Kaskaskia. If Comedy Central would have given us more money, we would have paid to add that thing up for 20 years. But it was so funny. Uh, Kittens exploding (laughs) out of a cake for a town that is completely forgotten by time. Oh, that's amazing. You guys. Guys, this is a flash update. From Karen, from Karen, from Karen Kilgariff answered my text. Guys, we're friends like that. I know her. Um, <laughs> it says, uh, it's a fake memorial plaque. It says, in memory of Roger 
Bucklesby, who hated this park and everyone in it. <laughs> That's oh. so simple. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I want to go oh. out and make some fake plaques. It just it's inspires me. Yeah. Yes. That's what I would love to say, because uh, Scotty and all, I always used to have this idea that we would have the army of the absurd if we ever got a show. People who would go out and do shit like this in the world, just making the world yes. a little more absurd. And Bananimals, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to make their own plaque and put it up, please, please. send us a photograph. Please. We will we will worship you. Yeah, please Scotty, do give it. me another one. Is it me? Oh, good. Uh, Angela Jufridi, uh, love her. Great writer. Every word <laughs> is a blessing for the Guardian. Headline goes something like this: Venice gondola tours reduce capacity due to overweight tourists. So. No. These overweight tourists, and this is happening right now, which I felt better because it means it's not Americans, because oh, we're not yeah. allowed in we're not allowed in Europe. So, oh right, sure. right. The rest of the world is Americans. getting chubby. Nope, nope. So it, they had to go from uh, maximum number of passengers had to go from six people to five. Venice gondoliers have reduced capacity on their boats, blaming the increased burden on overweight tourists. Uh, so it was a classic tour of the city's canals, but they've had to pull it down because the boats are sinking low enough where water is now getting into the boats and the gondoliers, which Kurt's done a gondola comedy show a couple times. Um, they don't have a way to measure, uh, they don't have scales. So they just had to drop a person. They said, we can only have five and not six. And this is after like decades of doing this. That would be crazy if they had a scale before you got (laughs) I think that would be uh, a problem, honestly. Also, this is very, feels very targeted. It's like, we're not going to name who, but it's a one person that we need to kick off. That's right. Gary. Yeah, it's just one less person. That's all. That's all. We'll just close our eyes. <laughs> and point. We'll just close our eyes and point, and then we'll open our eyes. Whoever's, yeah. So this guy named Raul Veverato, who's the president of the Association of Substitute Gondoliers, which I'll get to because it's a very <laughs> exclusive thing to be a gondolier, and it's also an exclusive thing to be a substitute gondolier. So the substitute gondolier, none of the passengers pay attention to you and just <laughs> tell you to go yeah. off. Yeah, they yeah. just put their head down and sleep, and they, they yeah, all yeah. pretend We're that like, their name isn't their name. This, yeah, they just show movies. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even get oh. on the boat. They just show a movie <laughs> on the boat. This really <laughs> in an old Magnavox TV with a VHS on it, and you're like, yes! <laughs> yes! They're going to show Escape from Witch Mountain again. Um, so so <laughs> this is what... <laughs> very good specific reference. Got it. Remember it. Uh, Raul said this to La Republica. And these are his words. Um, Tourists are now overweight. From some countries, bombs load onto our boats. Okay, this is just name calling at this point. And when the boat is fully loaded, the hull sinks and water enters. Advancing with over half a ton of meat on board is dangerous. Raul, you are an evil man. Have some compassion, you idiot. So here's just some factoids for for you two, because I know you both thrive on facts. Um, (laughs) Though anybody can apply to be a gondolier, the idea is to protect the trade. uh, So they don't want outsider gondolier families uh, to start taking over. Very strange. So they're um, the profession, which has been a pillar of ancient uh, Venice since nine since 
1,094. I almost said 1904. Since 1,094, there are 433 gondoliers and 180 substitute gondoliers. Also, I think Venice is going to be completely underwater in like five years. So go there if you can. And um, the gondolier world is unique. There are only 433 of us. Finding someone from Paris, New York, or any other cities would not be a continuation of the tradition. It would be like a pizza maker who isn't from Naples. I mean, Italy is shots fired. Shots fired, Italy. Right. So, yeah. Because, so, I went to Venice High School in Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay. and, (laughs) And our mascot, guess what it was? We the were gondolier? We were the gondoliers. No, really? Whoa. Was there a guy who dressed up as a gondolier at like games and stuff and danced? Yeah, yeah, don't tell this guy. You know, if he's if he's worried oh. about fakes, oh my god. Oh. And I was a cheerleader too. So every Friday football season, I was dancing with the Venice gondolier, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he was like uh but uh what is it? Like he was he was in the yeah, mascot. The hat? He had yeah. the hat, but it was like a fake, you know, he had to put on a head, too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, how about yeah. fake mustache? Fake Italian mu- racist stereotypical mustache? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. It was quite, it was, it was questionable, but so I can see why, you know, anyway, but uh, the Gondos close to my heart because we, we, that was, that was our team. Oh, I love yes. that. Yeah. We have a, we have a good friend, uh, poet Derek Brown. Yeah, very good. Um, who poet. someday will be on bananas? Uh, and he was a he was a Long Beach gondolier for many years. Oh, um, and so and like because Long Beach has these kind of beautiful canals that nobody knows about Long Beach, California, and mm-hmm. um, and so he and I started. And you should come do it when the the choir is over. Let's go. But it's yeah. a comedy show on a gondola at awesome. sunset. It's really, really fun. So gorgeous. So you yeah. are the gondolier? Or like the stand-up is the no, entertainment? So, we have, so there's two gondolas. Each fit 14 people. Mm. You go on a gondola ride like through the canals. And mm-hmm. then we anchor. We like oar them or anchor them in the middle of the bay right at sunset. Mm. Right. And then they're tied together. The two boats oh. are tied together. So you have like a little stage in front. That's and amazing. The gondoliers are in the back, and then I just stand in the back with like a flashlight for your light, and then we have, <laughs> yeah. we have a little mic and uh, and a little amp, and you do stand up or whatever you want to do. Yep. Really. <gasps> uh, That's so gorgeous. It was really it's fun. fun. You yeah, get wine really drunk. Uh, yeah, I sat there with our mutual friend Molly, and just you get wine drunk and watch comedians like doing stand up on a gond a gondola uh, and uh just trying not to fall in the water and it's beautiful yeah. it's like you almost forget you're in long beach yes yeah <laughs> and not that you know long beach is great yeah we it's love long beach number love one destination long- number, one. <laughs> number one it's been Curdy so long B, you Here got a banana is. for us throw us a yeah. banana this is so fascinating Okay. This is like less. I, this is it. Does there's no okay. One. This is from Yahoo News <laughs> by, our, by our buddy Katie Mather. Oh! <laughs> God, take my heart. Uh, one in ten think partner eating McDonald's without them is as bad as cheating. Oh my God! Bold, bold. <laughs> um, so this Whoa. is a. This was a one-poll survey of 1,000 people in the UK found okay. that more than one in 10 people consider their significant other eating McDonald's without them to be as bad as cheating. I don't know who the fuck 
is doing like I understand one poll is doing this poll, <laughs> but I don't understand who at one poll was like, we got to find out what people think about their partner eating McDonald's without them. Um, so it's unclear what area of the UK was polled for the survey, but the, stu- the study did note that the UK's lockdown has prevented people from getting fast food wow. in months, which could arguably influence their devotion to the chain. According to Mirror Online, one mm. in five people interviewed said the taste of a Big Mac after lockdown did did McDonald's pay for this? Right, up, 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 We paid for this. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very specific. Okay, yeah. the Big Mac. One in five people interviewed said the yeah. taste of a Big Mac after lockdown would be better than a raise at work. Sixteen percent of the group said eating a Big Mac after months without McDonald's would be what? as exciting as the birth of their first child. Thirteen <laughs> percent said the experience would be better than their wedding day. Oh One my gosh. poll also found that forty-five percent of the people surveyed said they would rather give up alcohol than McDonald's. I'd rather die. One in ten would rather get rid of their cell phone, and 29% would rather give up watching sports for a year if it meant they could eat a Big Mac right now. What the what? fuck is going on? Did they just... England. Yeah, I, I mean, they just interviewed people really down on luck, their luck. Like, <laughs> they... They just did. They just like go. They just went up to a homeless person. I'm like, and was, who has no phone and home and job or a loved or, or a, a partner child or a partner. So he was like, yeah. yeah the thing is that I want a Big Mac. He was like, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, I'd rather I do a sandwich. Give up drinking. Yeah, I don't have access to that right now. What? That's what happened. That's what. I, That's gotta be. I mean, or they all of these people are McDonald's employees. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like they all work at well, McDonald's corporate. And no, I don't know. This is the way we got to answer this survey. I mean, do oh people love God. McDonald's that much? Am I maybe missing something? I mean, clearly, billions of people love McDonald's, clearly. but more than. Like, the only one that I was like, sure. It was like, I'd rather have McDonald's than get rid of my cell phone. I'm like, yes. We all, at some point, you're like, I hate this thing. But what? I mean, who, and also giving up alcohol, who isn't drunk going to McDonald's as an adult? Like, that's like 40% of the decision. Who's going sober McDonald's trips? That seems like the big question. I need to physically see with my eyes these people that they interviewed. <laughs> I know. Maybe in the UK. I don't know. UK yeah. listeners, you let us know. Are you guys <laughs> yeah, what do you got McDonald's over crazy? Are you guys just out there waiting to eat McDonald's like a fucking bunch of lunatics? Are yeah, we just, it- because we're here, we don't care as much? Because, but there, you guys just love it? It just seems crazy. It does. I can't remember the last time I had a McDonald's. I think it was in an airport. That's probably the only time I've ever eaten McDonald's in the past five years. Is it an oh, airport. show off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Did I get to fly out airplanes, you mean? <laughs> Ooh, look at him. Frequent flyer. In the, in the airport. Well, aren't you... <laughs> Well traveled. Those are the well, best aren't you ones. a fancy man? <laughs> <laughs> Eating our our delicious McDonald's in your You joke, but also at every airport, if you're taking a morning flight, like or yeah, both, you know, it's like when comics are on the road and you guys are flout early the next morning, or whatever. It's like McDonald's has the longest lines at airports yes. in the morning by ten to one. It's like mm-hmm. crazy how and people are just craving and also they got in the coffee game and I can't 
front. A McDonald's hash brown is damn good. It's good. they're good at other stuff. Their burgers they're, aren't great. They got all the all the uh, accessorizing foods are really good. I, would, I haven't been. I, there. I, I'm not shitting on McDonald's here. What I'm shitting on is any sandwich being better than the birth of your child. Yeah. I know. That's why I well, think it's got to be they went up to a bunch of homeless people, I swear. <laughs> they were they were like they were like, "Yeah, no, it's just literally a sandwich. I'm going to say yes to the sandwich." Like eat more than the birth of your child. They're like, "Fuck you." They're like, "My kid's kind of dumb, honestly. My kid's got a weird face and he's not nice." And they're like, "Yeah, I would go for a Big Mac supersized right now." Yeah, it does, totally. it does honestly make me want to have McDonald's right now. Just talking about it, which is their food is a drug. Their food is a drug. Mm-hmm. There Daddy. was a scam. Oh yeah, I got one. I got a shorty. Us, but send us home. Send us home. Send us home. Story. Let's go. Do you do you feel like sometimes you you grab a hold of life that you you take you take life by the horns? Have you ever felt that way? Oh yeah, yeah. Every sometimes. morning, every yeah. morning. You, you get out of bed and you grab life right by the horns, right? That's right. Yeah. When I leap out and I say, "It's day, it's day a hundred or whatever." That's mm-hmm. how many days I've lived on this earth. <laughs> yeah, you're one hundred days old. Your speaking capabilities are incredible. <laughs> Well, Gene Mackin from WMUR9.com wrote this beauty. <laughs> Man suffers serious injuries after grabbing bull by the horns. Yes, so, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Brentwood, New Hampshire. A great place to drive through. A man was sent to the hospital with serious injuries after a bull gored him on a neighborhood street in Brentwood. Police say the incident could have been avoided. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh Jennings, the owner of Meadows Mirth Farm in Brentwood, who is not the one that gets gored, by the way, said around 8 p.m. on Friday, neighbors alerted him that bulls uh, he had bulls on his property. Scary. Jennings said the two animals seemed very agitated. He calmly worked to get them off of his crops until their owner and the police arrived. So far, not bananas at all. They were a few yards from their destination when police said another individual got involved and did not listen to instructions. That man was told to stay back and to get back, but he approached and took one of the bulls by the horns, (laughs) (laughs) which resulted in him being gored. I like that he was just like, this is how you drive this thing, right? Yes. <laughs> this is the dr- like, steering wheel of the bu- of the bull. <laughs> Aspiring Instagram life coach. Um, no, he it walked. Was not. Was he really? Oh no. <laughs> no, that's just that's just me dunking on him. Um, so he is in the hospital now with serious but non-threatening injuries. Uh, sometimes you don't gotta grab life by the horns. Is the me- le- but I mean, if it's like, don't do that, sir. Right. You can visualize this one so well. You can picture this scene so well. A bull is so big. Terrifying. It's It's a terrifying animal that has spikes on its forehead. Mm -hmm. It is really... Because, like, when you look at a dairy cow on a field and you're, like, you know, moo at it or whatever, it doesn't seem... It seems like a large beast, but it does not seem like a dangerous beast. Mm. But then a, a bull really scares the sh- like when the, my first saw one i was like oh this is a terrifying animal yeah yeah 
I mean, we, and the horns even, the pointy parts are going yeah. backwards. It's going backwards as to say, here's a warning. These could be pointing at you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah. He even gives you the smooth side first to be, mm. you know what I get, mean? Mm-hmm. Get to know mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Get to know me. This is yeah. what I'm really like, the smooth side. But if yeah. you piss me off, my head goes down. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And this motherfucker, he walked up to it slowly to just wait. He just ignores the cops. Also, the situation was under control. That's the very funniest part is like they were a few, quote, a few yards from their destination. And this other guy just comes strutting across the road. <laughs> And is probably like running an MLM, and he's like, "I know what to do," and then just gets gored. Oh boy! Wow, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I did also. I, I like the story because I a bull, I didn't know there were bulls in Brentwood. I yes, you go. right? You know, yeah, I just thought it was like marathon runners. That's it in Brentwood. Mm, up there, <laughs> yeah, I know gondoliers and marathon runners in Brentwood, New Hampshire. I'm sure. Oh, this it's... is oh Brentwood, New Hampshire. God damn it! <laughs> I was Hampshire. I was sure. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Oh, Brentwood, fuck. Los Angeles. If there was a bull there. It would be a whole different story, but there would also be so many influencers taking selfies in front of it that somebody would eventually get gored or trampled yeah. without a That's doubt. That's right. That's why I was like, oh, weird. You know, I am. I was surprised I hadn't heard about it. You know, from- <laughs> I was on the opposite side of a fence, on the right side of a fence, you might say, uh, and a, a person I knew, their uncle had Longhorn, those Longhorn Texas cattle. This and it was in the south, and I was standing along the fence drinking a margarita. And it was in the south, so the margarita was in this margarita glass that was about as big as a fish bowl. And I'm standing there talking to my friend, and this longhorn cattle bends its head over the fence and with its tongue drank my whole margarita in two licks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, cows like margaritas? And the guy, this guy, Eddie, was like, I guess so. And then we just proceeded to give cows margaritas for about two hours. <laughs> Turns out they love it. Um, they love it like Brits love McDonald's (laughs) the old classic saying like a UK person loves McDonald's Uh, uh, Otsuko thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me that was so fun that was you know yeah can you tell people a little bit about let's go Otsuko yeah, let's go, Otsko. So when uh, when we do the live show, uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a game show. It's a it's a, ta- a modern take on a Japanese game show. And then the podcast version right now is more interview based, but there's still a game that we play and we yeah. answer questions from the audience. And yeah, it's a, it's a silly world. Oh, great! And uh, and when does it come out so people can list, look for it? It comes out every Friday, and then you can just look out for, like, updates or jokes that I just make online at Otsuko Comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's me. And I'll be there at that live show holding that laptop right up to your face for the first ten. I promise I'll be there. Oh, my God. Thank you, Scotty. And come back anytime. Kurt? Scotty? Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. 
So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>